vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray. You're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date, which means tonight we're talking about Wrecked. And guess what? Special bonus tonight. I didn't realize it until, because usually like I sit down and like on the day and I watch the Angel episode and then I watch the Buffy episode. And so I looked at the calendar I don't even know what made me look at the calendar, to be honest, because I almost just like watched it anyway, but the Angel episode, we don't have to watch this week because the next Angel episode didn't air until December 10th. So guess what, guys? You don't have to listen to me talk about Angel tonight, and I'm sure you're all relieved. Even if you if you love Angel, then you hate hearing me talk about how much I hate Angel. <laughs> and if you don't like Angel, you're probably just like, why is she talking so much about Angel? <laughs> So, good news for everyone involved. No talking about Angel tonight. Um, so, we just have the Buffy episode to talk about. And that's it. Um, I feel like I did not... I'm not totally on top of my shit tonight. <laughs> I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately. I'm sorry, guys. Um, okay, so... And I don't have the episode guide with me. I don't know. that The thing with the episode guide... I know no one cares. But, like... Sometimes it's rewarding to read it, but most of the time it's not. So if I somehow end up in my little closet space without bringing it in here with me, then it's like, well, it's not here. And I've already started recording, <laughs> even though it would take me less than 30 seconds to get up and go get it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I should probably just store the episode guide in this room so then if I forget about it. It doesn't matter. I should really do that. Okay, for next week. Don't you think my episode synopses are better? This is the one where Willow hits rock bottom. Okay, um, so episode starts with, so it's the morning after the last week. Tara and Dawn wake up on the couch um, and realize that no one has come home. Willow and Buffy stayed out all night. And yeah, that's it. Then we get a flash to Buffy and she is waking up in the, you know, smashed house. Cause you know, the last episode was called smashed. This episode's called wrecked. Um, it's kind of the trilogy smashed, wrecked and gone next week, even though next week's episode is kind of a different vibe. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I just like to say that smashed, wrecked, and gone. <laughs> so Buffy wakes up in the house and Spike is different. Now that he has had sex with Buffy, he is a lot more arrogant. He's a lot more controlling and manipulative. Um, and he's, yeah, he's different. Like at this point, this is not the Spike that we love anymore. You know, and, and that's not entirely true because, you know, he does still genuinely love Buffy. He is in love with her and some of it's just, you know, bravado, but there is a shift in him now that he's had sex with Buffy. I, I don't like this 
as a narrative choice. I don't like that the show Buffy does this over and over. You know, this whole, like, once you have sex with a guy, everything changes. Like, that narrative was so far drilled into my brain as a child and a young adult and an older adult that I think it damaged me, to be quite honest. And this is one of those things that falls into that, you know, that trope, right? I mean, this isn't exactly the same thing, obviously, as when Buffy lost her virginity to Angel and he was suddenly different the next day. But let's go through the track record of Buffy's people that she slept with. Okay, Angel, completely, he lost his fucking soul when she had sex with him. And he was a completely different person after. Um, Parker, you remember Parker? Uh, just, he just wanted to have sex and that's it. So he was just a regular douchebag. And then Riley, Riley was fine. Like she got to have healthy sex with Riley. And then Spike, who I never really realized it before, but he is different now. Um, so I'll be paying attention to if this stays. And I think it does because I remember there being a lot of controlling language and we've seen tiny little sprinkles of it here and there, but we're getting it like full force right now. So my notes said Spike is forceful. She says no several times, but doesn't mean it. He's so this is just interesting to note as we lead up to seeing red and the attempted rape um, Spike is in this scene the morning after the very first time they have sex. He's grabbing her. He's pushing her to the floor. He's putting his hand up her skirt without any consent. She's literally saying no, no, no. But she is, she's saying no, but she doesn't mean it. You know, it, this is actually what's happening. She's saying no, and she's not meaning it. Um, and yeah, that's, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing with consent, but it's not always black and white. Um, it, so this is part of what leads up to the attempted rape. That That's not me blaming it on Buffy at all. I'm just saying it's here. I'm noting it. Okay. There you go. It's been noted. He says to her in the scene, I knew the only thing better than killing a slayer was, fu you know, and he gets interrupted because he can't say fucking one. Um, he starts saying, well, like, obviously, well, you're kind of a groupie because vampires get you hot. And she says, a vampire got me, vampire got me hot. One, you're just convenient. So she's saying this because she's trying to push him away because she doesn't like that she's into him, but also she means it. And you can see that Spike's hurt for a second, but things have changed for him. He's all cocky. He's all self-assured, you know, things are different. And he says, you never had it so good as me. Never. And he just keeps saying things like that. You know, you'll be back, that kind of shit. And he almost, like, you know, when he pulls her down, when she's saying no, 
like he almost gets her to have sex with him again. But then that's when he says that thing about fucking a slayer <laughs> and she gets mad and she pushes him away. Um, then we get back to, um, we're in the kitchen with Tara and Dawn and Tara is making pancakes for Dawn and Willow and Amy get home. They walk in the kitchen door and it's like, oh shit. So Willow introduces Amy to Tara. Tara at first is like, okay, great. You already are bringing a girlfriend home. Like, you know, she doesn't say any of that. She's classy. But, and then Willow realizes that she might be suspecting that. She's like, no, no, no. Amy the rat. Amy the rat. (laughs) I figured out I could turn her back. And um, then Amy just starts going in, like talking real fast and saying, oh my God, I couldn't keep up with Willow. She's such an amazing witch now. And blah, 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 blah. She knows spells I can't even dream of and like all this shit because they just had that night where they just did a whole bunch of fucking spells of the bronze and shit. And um, Amy doesn't really even realize that she's stepping in it. (laughs) Um, But Tara's like, I'm going to (laughs) go. I see that nothing has gotten any better and it's only gotten worse. So I'm going to go. And she's being really like, you know, being a real adult. Like it's really Tara's the only fucking adult here right now because she's, you know, she's being tactful in front of Dawn. She's not, you know, saying anything disparaging about Willow. She's not, you know, that's always the metric for me. Like when you have a parents breaking up situation, which obviously this isn't that, but you know, then the one that's not talking shit about the other one is the one you can trust. Thanks mom. Um, so Tara is mom in this situation and Willow is dad (laughs) in my particular situation. Anyway, um, where are we? Dawn, okay, so Dawn comments when Buffy gets home, because Buffy gets home shortly after Willow and Amy, and she says, Dawn says to Buffy, you know, something about, like, I guess you were out all night fighting a monster, whatever. You're all sore and limpy. Limpy. Buffy is limping after having sex with Spike. Yeah. (sighs) Um, Dawn complains that her pancakes are burning because Tara has stormed out and everyone else is ignoring the pancakes and apparently Dawn can't do pancakes herself or anything. I don't know. Um, Like she can't flip them? I don't know. Um, Amy decides to go home um, and Willow and Buffy both decide to go to bed because they're both feeling really guilty about the night that they just had. And also they actually are tired. This did remind me of many days in my early twenties where I would, you know, stay up all night with my friends. You know, a lot of times we actually weren't doing drugs, but sometimes we were, um, I never, I, I remember that quote from Tara, like seeing the sunrise from the wrong side or has that happened yet? That might be in the uh, birthday episode, Um, the Buffy birthday episode. That's coming up, possibly. I don't know. Has that happened yet? Was that recently? Who knows? But at some point, Tara makes the comment about seeing the sun rise from the wrong side. You know, like you're not supposed to see it when you've been up all night. No. Anyway, 
<sighs> Everything's so dark, guys. So dark. <laughs> Um, okay, so then Dawn just sort of complains after they both go to bed to herself. I guess I'll go find some awake people. It's like, calm down, Dawn. You could just, like, I don't know, be a teenager in the house alone all day. Like, what's the deal? Why is she not at school? I mean, I'm guessing it's Saturday just because of the cartoons at the beginning of the episode when Tara and Dawn wake up and there's cartoons. Um, Willow, when she goes up to go to bed, she, like, just collapses on the bed, and then she tries to magic the curtains closed, and she's zapped. She is all magicked out. So she has to get up and walk across the room and close the curtains with her, her Willow hands instead of magic. Me. <laughs> Uh, okay, here's the quote exchange of the episode. Are you right? Are you ready? Um, actually, I cut out Xander's part of the conversation. But basically, Xander mentions Martha Stewart. And Anya's reaction is, Martha Stewart isn't a demon. She's a witch. And Xander's like, what? And Anya says, no one could do that much decoupage without calling on the forces of darkness. She Or powers of darkness, sorry. Powers? Surely she said forces of darkness. That makes more sense, right? Anyway, she said one of those two things. So that's the quote of the episode. Buffy, um, so they, Buffy, Anya, and Xander are at the magic box again, like they were last night, because they said that they would meet up again and, um, do more research in the morning. And, um... What was my point of that? I don't know. <laughs> okay, Buffy starts going into, like, a speech about Willow. And, like, over... Because Xander again brings up the Willow thing. Willow doing too much magic, that kind of thing. Um, and Buffy's over-empathizing. You know, she's she's really, like, obviously projecting. And um, says something about being judgy. And Xander's like, not judgy just observey. <laughs> and I really liked that. So that's another good quote. Um, but that's really all we see of Anya and Xander in this episode is just this one little scene. Um, Amy and Willow, night number two, they go out like Willow recovers, I guess. And then they go out again at night and Willow's talking about being all tapped out and like she was just totally drained from the night that they had the night before. And she's like, I don't think I can do that again tonight. And Amy's like, I know this guy. First of all, I have to do it. <laughs> like Amy's been a rat for like three years. I think I said this exact same thing last week, but how does she know all this magic shit? How does she know where to find Rack? How does she know how to do all of these spells and things? She hasn't done any fucking spells in the last, like, three years because she's been a rat. And before that, she was, like, a fucking sophomore in high school or something. Or junior? I guess maybe she was a junior the last time we saw her. Or was she a senior? I mean, I guess senior year was three years ago. So maybe she was a senior. Anyway, whatever. It's just like, I don't remember her being this powerful of a witch, but whatever. Um, so she finds Rack's place. It's cloaked. 
it's a whole thing. They can't see it, but they can feel it. And they go in and then there's the big drug metaphor. So I do want to point out that in this scene at Rack's place, um, Amy is wearing a like fitted sort of bodycon bustier effect dress. It's kind of like a, not really a miniskirt because it was almost knee length, but it was like strapless. She looked good. Um, and Willow's wearing a denim blazer, same type of denim, like dark denim. So I think that this was possibly a commentary on, you know, it's kind of echoing back to bad girls. Remember the episode with Buffy and Faith whenever they were, when Buffy was flirting with the dark side for like a second and she's like wearing some leather and hanging out with Faith and skipping class and all that shit. It's kind of like that, I think. I think it's, I think that's a nod to that in the wardrobe department. It was good. I liked it. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know. I just, I don't love how heavy-handed they go with the whole magic is drugs metaphor thing. I don't know if I like it, ultimately. I mean, I get it. I see what they're trying to do here and I need to just accept it, but I don't love it. Okay. I'll try to leave it at that, but they do the whole, so Rack previously known as he played, um, the episode that was called helpless when Buffy turned 18 and they did that Cruciamentum spell, like the Watcher's Council made Giles like drug Buffy so that she didn't have any powers and she had to fight that like insane vampire without having any powers and she killed him by like making him swallow a pill with holy water. Remember? Remember that? <laughs> it's that same guy that played Jeff Kober, I think is his the actor's name. It's that same guy that plays Rack. But anyway, it's just this whole thing where he says something about you taste like strawberries. He's real creepy. Then he does a spell and then they act like they're just on drugs. Like Amy's spinning around in circles. Willow's floating on the ceiling. And then she sees some kind of demon thing. So that will show up later. Okay. <laughs> Um, then she, the next morning, Willow is home and she's crying in the shower and she looks so small, you know, poor little Willow crying in the shower. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> um, and yeah, so another, another drug night, she regrets it in the morning. That's the situation. Um, then she, when she comes out of the shower, she has some of Tara's clothes and she like puts them on the bed and then she like magics a Terra shape out of the clothes that like hug her, <laughs> which is really sad. I mean, it's kind of cheesy looking, but it, it is effective. I think it was, it was sad anyway. So there's that. Um, where are we? <laughs> In my notes, I put Terra blow up doll. Yeah. Sorry. I did. Um, 
that evening, Dawn is making a peanut butter and banana quesadilla. Um, so it should be noted, you know, if it was Friday night when Buffy and Willow didn't come home, Saturday, Saturday night would have been, um, night number two of Willow and Amy's shenanigans. So this would be Sunday night. I'm just saying like I, in my brain, I have to like, think of it that way. Um, so why aren't we talking about Dawn going to school the next day or something? I don't know. There's no discussion of Dawn going to school in this episode at all. Just, just saying. It just wasn't convenient for the plot, apparently, to mention, you know, logistics like Dawn going to school. Whatever. I noticed this shit. I have to comment on it. I have a podcast. You're listening to it. That's the way it goes. <laughs> so, um... Dawn's making a peanut butter and banana quesadilla. Willow is hungover, essentially. And she says to Dawn, Hey, you know, let me just buy you dinner. Let's, let's go get him. Let's go out and go to a movie, whatever. And so they eat dinner and then they're walking to the movie, but they're taking some weird route. And Dawn finally is like, what's going on? It doesn't seem like we're going to the movie. And Willow's like, I just need to make a quick pit stop. And they end up at Rack's. Willow takes Dawn to Rack's place. So Willow apparently is just going to get a quick magic fix before she goes to the movie. I guess that's what she's thinking just to function. I'm assuming. Um, cut to Buffy. Buffy gets home and Amy's in the house, like scrounging around looking for magic items. Um, I mean, this is all very fast, right? Like <laughs> them acting like Amy and Willow acting like total magic junkies after like one day two nights, whatever. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. This is the story they were telling in this episode. This is the way they did it. But so Buffy gets home. She hears like crashing around upstairs. She goes upstairs and in Willow's room, like it's just completely destroyed. Which is funny because like later that night, everything's neat and tidy again, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm really getting caught up in the details today. Um, but Buffy finds Amy sort of rooting around in Willow's room, like looking for sage and shit. She needs magic supplies. She's fiending. Um, and like, I guess she's not going to Rax. She's not hanging out with Willow that night. I don't know, whatever. Um, so Buffy is weird and confrontational and mean to Amy and which fine. I mean, she was in their house stealing their shit, but she did live there. She has lived with Willow. She has spent every single night with Willow for the last three years. I mean, if you're really thinking about it, <laughs> she was a rat. And ever since she wasn't a rat, she's been hanging out with Willow. Anyway, so, um, Buffy then goes to look for Willow because Amy kind of said, suggested where Willow might be right now. 
So Buffy starts looking for Willow. She didn't ever see the note because Dawn left Buffy a note to say, you know, like, we're at the movies or whatever. So maybe she wouldn't have worried um, if she had seen the note. But it's a good thing she didn't see the note. Um, cause she starts looking for Rack's place, but she doesn't find it. So she goes to, she resorts to going to talk to Spike, which she hasn't done for two nights or for one night, you know, cause it was Friday night when they slept together and now it's Sunday night. Right. Although when she catches up to Spike, there's like a couple of lines of dialogue where he keeps saying, well, you weren't complaining last night and blah, but keeps saying last night, last night. I was like, no, it wasn't last night. It was two fucking nights ago two fucking nights ago unless they did it again last night and we just didn't see it and I don't think that was the case anyway semantics I know TV show okay where are we I think I got ahead of myself um Willow takes Dawn to Rax she needs her fix there's so we see that like Dawn mentions, you know, she's, she's all confused. Like, where are we? What are you doing? What's happening? The movie starts at nine and Willow's like, I'll just be a second. I'll be right back. And then you see Dawn like in this like waiting room area and she's looking up the clock and it's like, you know, 10 after 10. And then she looks at the clock again later and it's five till 11. And that's when she finally is like fucking hell. And she goes to try to like go into the room where Willow is in. And that's when Willow comes out. She's like, Hey Don, let's go. Let's go to the movies. And Don's like, do you know what time it is? The movies are over. Um, can you imagine that? Like you're a kid, you don't know where the fuck you are. You're in some like weird junkie house and you're just sitting around waiting for Willow. And it's been, it had to have been, I mean, if the movie was going to start at nine, it was probably like at least, it was probably like 8.30 or something, right? And now it's almost 11. Holy shit. Can you imagine just sitting with nothing to do for two and a half hours? This is before smartphones, you guys. <laughs> anyway, so, um, Yeah there was a moment of a dude man spreading on the couch next to Dawn. Um, but I think that was the only guy that was like in the room. So that's good. I don't know. They didn't show him being super creepy, just looking creepy. That's all. Um, it's 11. Willow's eyes are all black. So Dawn notices that her eyes are all black and she's like, Willow, what's wrong? You know? And then Willow's like, nothing, let's get out of here. And she's being terrible. Like, she's just like, come on, Donnie, what do you want to do? Don't you want to hang out with the grown-ups? It's too early to go home. Because Dawn's just, like, pissed. And she's like, I just want to go home. It's late. I'm done. And Dawn's like, but don't you want to party with the adults? Like, or whatever. Dawn's like, nope, I don't. I want to go home. And then you see that a demon is following them. And it catches up to them and it scratches Dawn on the face and Willow's like, it's okay. He's not real. And it turns out that the scary lumbering, hairy demon dude 
was created by Willow and and the magic spells that she's been doing or have been done upon her. I don't know. They seem to be like gifted spells or something the way that it's the way that the magic drug metaphor is working in this particular narrative. It's like you are gifted with a spell that's kind of like drugs and somehow Willow is so powerful that her reaction to the magic is so intense that she created this demon. I don't know. They don't really explain it. But I never really understood that Willow created the demon before this particular rewatch. So, because I'm dumb. And also because I don't understand things without subtitles. And this is my first rewatch, I think, since I started. Which means it's been a long time. But I mean, I guess it would have. Because I don't know, I think it was like around six or seven years ago that I first started using subtitles with everything. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and I've only been watching Buffy for this particular project for the last six years now. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever watched Buffy. So weird. It's just so weird every time I say it. Like, I don't rewatch Buffy anymore. I only do it for this. When this project is project is over. I need to have a good long or short just binge of Buffy and just enjoy it again without having to take notes. <laughs> uh, okay. I do enjoy doing this. I mean, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't enjoy doing it, but it is a different, like if you've never watched a show that you love and tried to translate it in some way, like doing a blog about it or live tweeting it or having some sort of discussion group with people after watching an episode or doing your own podcast or YouTube series. Like it's a different experience for sure. Anyway, um, demon following them. Willow's being terrible. Spike is being terrible. So Spike and Buffy are looking for Rack's place and Spike is the one that's able to sort of sense it because he's, you know, demony, I guess. Um, and Buffy can't sense it because she's not demony. I don't know. Whatever. That's the explanation they're going with. So they need Spike. Um, and he's, Buffy's like, if you're drawing this out to be near me or whatever. And Spike keeps saying like, it's different now. You know, yeah, I love you. You know that, and you don't love me back. Not yet, but I'm in your system now. And he's saying shit like that. Um, yet the, I didn't take a lot of notes. Demon following them. Willow is being terrible. Spike is being terrible. Demon wants Dawn. Willow drives the car, quote unquote. Wreck. Um, so they start... Dawn and Willow start running from the demon and um, they get in a car and steal a car to drive away and Willow instead of actually driving just magic drives the car and she's like laughing and having a good time and whatever whatever and Dawn is freaked out because Willow's driving crazy and laughing like a maniac and she just drives like wrecks the car into like, I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Cement structure, parking garage, something like that. 
So she, under a bridge? I don't know. But she wrecks the car and she's kind of like knocked out for a second. Dawn wakes up first. She's cradling her arm, her left arm, like forearm. And the demon's still coming after them. And she's pretty scrappy though. Like she crawls under the car. She grabs like a big, you know, handful of dirt throws it in the demon's eyes and distracts him for a second so she can try to run away. And she's doing pretty good for herself, you know, for being an overprotective, overprotected little sister of a slayer. She's doing pretty good. She should have been training because she's always in dangerous situations because of her sister. It's illogical not to train her in some capacity. Giles should have been doing that. I'm just saying. Um, Buffy shows up, saves the day because they're like getting close to Rack's place or something. And Buffy hears Dawn screaming. And so she just happens to be close enough to the, to them anyway. Um, cause I guess they're probably still pretty close on foot leaving Rack's place. It's probably only been a few minutes or whatever. So Buffy shows up. Um, she's fighting the demon guy and then Willow, I don't know if what we're supposed to think about the situation, but the way that I read it was that Willow like spins the very last of the magic that she has in her from the spell to destroy the demon because she recognizes and the demon just sort of like combusts from the inside out or something. And I'm guessing the reason why Willow could do that is because maybe it's just because she's that powerful now, but I think it's because he's connected to the spell that she's riding high on right now or whatever. Um, Spike and Buffy are trying to help Dawn up and help her out because she's been thrown against a concrete thing, which she probably would have had several broken bones from that situation, but luckily it's only the broken arm. Um, but they're helping her up and trying to get her out of there and get her to the hospital. Um, when Willow intercepts and she's, she's desperate. She's apologizing to Dawn. She's asking her if she's okay. She's being really extra and making it about her, you know, which is her fault. But you know, this is Willow, man. She's fucking infuriating. Um, she needs to know. She needs to be absolved immediately. She needs to fix everything immediately. She just has no fucking patience. She really reminds me of me when I'm in a bad place. When I am in meltdown mode, I am just as annoying as Willow, possibly worse. And it infuriates me. <laughs> I can't stand to see it in someone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I hate it because I recognize it. Because I see it in myself. But anyway, so she's pleading with Dawn. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, she's crying. It's awful. And Dawn, she looks fucking pissed. I don't think we've ever seen Dawn look so mad. And she hauls off and slaps Willow with her good arm and um Willow just loses it she crumples to the ground Spike starts Spike and Buffy are still taking Dawn away 
And um, Buffy has compassion for Willow. She stops, she turns around, she tells her to get up. And Willow just loses it. She's completely, like, sobbing. And she says, I need help. I've tried to stop. I can't stop. I need help. Please help me. Please help me. And Buffy hugs her. So, you know, even though I do find this whole magic as drugs to be kind of a clumsy metaphor, I don't know what I'm expecting, but it's just something about it doesn't really work for me. But at the same time, I get it. If I can just surrender to the drug metaphor and let it wash over me, suspend my disbelief, um, it's sweet. You know, it's, it, it, we've, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us have seen loved ones go through this kind of shit. Um, and it's hard. It is. So, you know, she's like, I mean, we don't see her say, of course, I'll help you or whatever, but she just hugs her. Or maybe she does say something. I don't know. I don't know if Buffy says anything to her in that scene. But where are we? Um, Dawn needs hospital. Willow's losing it. Then we get the scene later in the night with, um, so Willow has like showered or something. She did another crying in the shower off screen this time. And she's just sitting on the bed wrapped in a blanket with her hair wet and everything. And obviously she's totally despondent and Buffy comes in. So they're back from the hospital. Willow asks if Dawn is okay. And Buffy says, it's a fracture. It's going to take some time. And they talk and, you know, Willow, you know, she's, this is her rock bottom moment. And she promises that nothing like that will ever happen again. And she says, no more magic. I'm done. And she's being very serious about it. And she's looking at her behavior and she's, she's being a little less willow than she usually is, you know, like she does feel bad, but she's not perseverating on it too much. I mean, she is, but like, she's not usually when willow does something that she feels guilty about, she's just constantly pleading and constantly repeating herself and like that kind of thing. And at this point you can tell there's a difference. You can tell that she is going to make a change based on this situation. I don't know. There's something just slightly different about this. You can tell she's serious. And so then the very last scenes of the episode, you get Willow in her bed sort of convulsing, like she's going through drug withdrawals or something, which I didn't really get that for some reason. I mean, I guess possibly the last time I watched this episode would have been minimum seven, eight, nine years ago. Fuck. Because I remember I did a rewatch of Buffy. I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but I remember I did a rewatch of Buffy in 2011 um, for my blog. And I wrote about it in my blog. Every episode I wrote about it in my blog, 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 B. <laughs> And, um, I don't remember if I watched it again at some point, probably I would have, because I don't think I made my mom watch it with me until after that. I don't know. 
I don't know. But it's been a while. So I don't think I ever really understood why, like, is she just trying to resist doing magic right now when she's just huffing and puffing? But this time I'm like, oh, obviously she's going through some kind of withdrawals. <laughs> she's like sweating and like breathing really heavy and like, yeah, she's probably resisting doing magic at this moment, but also drug metaphor withdrawals. Okay. I didn't get that. And it seems really obvious. So I'm sure all of you did get it, but... I didn't get it until this time. But anyway, so Willow's having withdrawals and then cut to Buffy sitting like she, I no, she doesn't have shoes on, but I think she's like fully clothed, but she just doesn't have shoes on. And she's just like sitting in the middle of her bed on top of the covers and she's holding a cross and there are like a gazillion like strands of garlic around her room, which where did she get that? <laughs> Did she just have that sitting around? That much garlic? Did she have that? All of that? Uh, did she stop at the store on the way back from the hospital to get a bunch of cloves of garlic? And Willow's like, and Tara, nope. Dawn's like, <laughs> I'm doing that thing my grandma does. Tracy? Diana? Stephanie? <laughs> Who are you? Um, Dawn's like, what, why are you buying all this fucking garlic, bitch? But anyway... Buffy's just kind of rocking back and forth in the in the middle of her bed. She's not literally rocking back and forth, but in my mind she is with cloves of garlic hanging all over the room. Um, so that's how the episode ends. So <laughs> next week, are we back with gone? I think so. Let me double check. I have to flip the calendar page so I can see what's happening. No. Is that right? Oh my god, you guys. I thought we had one next week, but we don't come back to talk about Gone until next year. Oh my god. Okay, so hold on. I need to consult my calendar for next year, which means I have to find it. I could have paused and spared you guys listening to me open different drawers until I find it, but... You know me. You didn't expect me to do that, did you? Okay. I just want to double check. Because I have already gotten my calendar for the year for next year and wrote down all the episodes like I do. Okay, yes. January 8th. So we have an Angel episode to talk about on December 10th. So the question is, should I come back just to talk about the Angel episode? Or just talk about it on January 8th when we talk about the Buffy episode. Because I don't really care about, like, watching Angel 20 years later. I don't really care about that. <laughs> um, okay, I wasn't prepared for that. For some reason, I thought that Gone was next week. But it's not. So, that's it. <laughs> I guess y'all know me. I likely just won't be back until January 8th, which is a full month and four days from month. No, wait, math. That's like five weeks from now, right? Because there's one. Okay, let me count. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Six. 
shit, guys. So I guess I'll see you in six weeks. Um, I'm sorry to leave you alone. I'm sure you've got plenty of other entertaining things in your life that you can enjoy. If for some reason you're listening to this in real time and you would like to hear more of my voice in the next six weeks, it will be in a few other places. Because <laughs> I will be doing a lot of other things still. Um, first of all, you could buy a tarot reading for me and you could hear my voice talking directly to you. Link is in the podcast description for my Etsy shop. Or you could tune in to Mixtress Radio for free every Friday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Link for that is in the description below. Or you could become one of my patrons and you could listen to the podcast versions of my radio show any damn time you want. Plus, I have like five-ish months of past radio shows archived on there. I tend to like delete them every once in a while. Like I will always keep at least three months worth, but I tend to, but I haven't done it in a while. So bonus, there's like maybe six months worth of old episodes on there. Um, you can become a patron link in the podcast description. You could, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I put up videos. I have no particular schedule, but I put up videos usually at least twice a week. It seems, um, you know, average, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, but my YouTube channel is mostly about tarot and it is uh, description. It's in the podcast Descri description. Description. I've been up since seven a.m., guys. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'll be around in the next month and a half, but I probably won't be back in this specific place until it's time to talk about gone. So I will see you then. For those of y'all that don't hear my voice between now and then, happy Christmas. Happy Solstice. Happy New Year. I hope that everything goes exactly the way that you want it to. And I will see you then in the future. Bye! Oh wait, <laughs> I didn't do my ratings. Okay, not bye yet. Object of the episode. Hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I did sort of like, like, Rack had some cool, like, wall hangings in his place, in his junkie house, like, mid-century modern type. I think we were supposed to think of that as a sleazy place, but it didn't look that sleazy to me. It's like, I've seen way sleazier. But, but I do already have some pretty cool wall hangings, but sure, I'll take one of those. Outfitted the episode. Um... The only one that I like is super memorable to me is Amy's. Like, I didn't really like it that much, but she did look good in it. Sort of her, her like strapless bodycon dark denim dress thing looked good. Quote of the episode, like I said, is the one about Martha Stewart being a witch because no one could do that much decoupage without summoning the powers of darkness. Um, MVP of the episode, I'm giving it to Tara because you know, she's mature. She's the only mature adult we have right now. 
Um, five by five. Um, obviously this is not an enjoyable episode, but it's one that needed to happen. So it's good, but I don't like it. It's not on a top 10 list or anything. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not a laugh riot. It's not a gay romp. Um, so I'll give it a three. All right. That's it now. Really for real. Bye.